Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University for Concordia University, Wisconsin, for their support of the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Today we have the privilege of learning more about Trail Life USA. Joining us is Mark Hancock. He's the CEO of Trail Life USA. Mark, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Andy and Sarah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to have some time to chat with you. Being the the proud father of a seven-year-old boy, mm-hmm. uh, this is a topic that is of uh, great interest to me. So um, I, I'm excited to, to dig in and learn more as a dad, mm-hmm. um, particularly the, the Trail Life uh, emails. I get the updates regularly from Trail Life. And what caught my interest most recently was uh, information about how boys learn and grow differently. Mm-hmm. It was an article about that in the email. And uh, I wanted to dig into that because I'm right at that stage where I really started to pay attention to how my son is learning and growing and how that's different than some, you know, from his classmates, particularly from girls in his class as well. Yeah. And so this was shared in, an, in like I said, in an email recently that uh, the, the boys learn and develop differently than girls and therefore need to have some space to do that. Now, this is per- perhaps a, a different message than what our wider culture promotes on mainstream media that um, really, I think the message quite often is that that there isn't really much of a difference between boys and girls and that they should all be uh, learning and growing in the same place in the same way to some degree. Uh, what support do you have for the, the, the idea that boys learn and develop differently than girls and need space to do that? Well, um, Biology is kind of a big deal, and uh, science. Uh, you know, if, if 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 you know if you want to engage engage in science, you know, boys and girls are just different. Studies that have done been done in the womb show that even uh, a baby before it's born, a boy and a girl will respond differently to stimuli in, in the womb. It isn't it isn't a social construct. It isn't something we just invented that we force boys to be a certain way and girls to be a certain way. Certainly, there are cultural. Uh, leanings that 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 drive that drive boys and girls to, toward being more boys and more girls, but uh, biologically, psychologically, um, in 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 every sense, you know, I, one of my careers was a, a marriage and family therapist, and and uh, so so I did a lot of studying uh, of boys, ran a lot of uh, groups uh, with with boys and girls, and looked at developmental. Uh, kind of things. And this really led me, or it was part of what inspires me about the work we're doing in Trail Life USA, where we're recognizing that boys and girls are different. And uh, although it's politically incorrect to say it, as, as you're saying, it's just the truth. And, and, and you, can't, uh, you, can't, you can't deny that. It's, it, it's the way they're built. There's, there's certain biological differences that are just, uh, you, you, you can't set those things aside. You know, it's, uh, you know, even uh, simple things like the way that their eyes are constructed. You know, people, a lot of people don't know this, that boys have more rods than cones of their eyes and can, when, you, when you compare them to girls. And so you start with just the construction of their eyes. You say, well, why would that be, be so? And it's, well, you know, boys are more sensitive. The way that their eyes are built, they're more sensitive to movement. And they can also see things farther away uh, better than up close. Well, why would that be? Well, you know, 
boys typically have been the hunters and, and we're, we're designed to go out and make sure that we could, we could see danger coming and we could be aware of those kind of things. And of course, girls, because of the way that they're built physically and because they are birthing babies, that up close uh, focus that they have, I mean, you can, you can look at a mother nursing a, an infant and for hours, you know, she can just, she's, she's just enthralled with that, with that face because her eyes are built to really, uh, you know, uh, look at those things that are still and up close. And so how does that manifest in a schoolroom? Well, you pack, pass out a bunch of worksheets to kids and the boys are, uh, you know, it's, it's forcing that up close sort of focused uh, attention. And the boys are looking out the window, seeing the squirrel, you know? And, you know, so we automatically uh, attach some sort of uh, uh, assessment to that, that's he's ADHD or he's, or he's not paying attention, or he's not focused enough, or he's, he, does, he doesn't care, he's apathetic, or whatever. When the truth is, he's just designed that way. And uh, when, when, you, when you set that assignment in front of a boy, it's just gonna be different. You know, you, the, the way the ears are constructed, we just wanna stay on, on biology. You know, a young girl can hear 10 times better than a boy. Now, there isn't a mom listening right now who can't tell you that that's true. <laughs> So, you know, what, is it, what does that look like in a classroom? Well, yeah, a soft-spoken teacher or, or a room where there's a lot, a lot of noise, a lot of distraction, just makes it tougher on boys. And it, a soft-spoken teacher can't hold the attention of boy, a boy like, like, uh, like, like they can't a girl. So his attention tends to drift. And again, we just decide that is ADHD, which is why boys are three times more likely to be, be declared ADHD than girls. Well, how does that happen? I mean, there's, there's a biological truth in there somewhere. This isn't a social construct where teachers are commanded to, to apply more ADHD um, diagnoses or that the psychologists are told, hey, you better give boys more ADHD diagnoses. No, it, it happens as a result of the way that boys are built. The things that we see in their lives bio biologically manifest differently. We decide that there's some sort of social disease that needs to be eradicated instead of recognizing that they're just different. You know, boys' brains are built differently than girls. You know, the girls have, have, have a lot more connections between the left brain and the right brain. So emotionally, in terms of facts, they can run back and forth a lot easier and make those connections. And, you know, boys just tend to categorize things more. It's like, hey, you know, it's time to be logical right now. And, and you know, any any wife who's had a husband for any period of time understands that sometimes her husband is stuck on the left side of his brain and she's able to go back and forth and tie emotions and feelings to thoughts and things. That's just the reality. It's just that, that, that our, that our brains are, are built different. And as a result, it's going to cause us to, to behave, behave in a different way. And it's, it's really showing, it's showing itself. Like I said, uh, the difference in, and the ADHD diagnoses, you know, uh, girls outnumber boys, girls, I'm sorry, girls, uh, perform better in every single academic category that there is right now than boys, every category. It used to be that boys excelled in math, math and science, but you know, we made that adjustment and we began to, to, to pull girls out and focus on, on the way that we were teaching math and science. And so girls have really caught up. In fact, they've gone beyond boys. And now there's more girls in undergraduate studies and more girls getting master's degrees and more girls getting doctoral degrees and boys, a total turnaround. It used to be 60% of college universities were male. 
uh, back in the 60s. And this total flop of that in, in the year 1999 or 2000, I think it totally flopped and where it's now 60% are female. So there's something going on here. And, and, and we've got to, to begin to, to recognize that there's some science behind it. And it certainly isn't to uh, denigrate girls because girls are amazing. You know, girls have their own strengths and their own their own talents, their own abilities, the only way that they learn. So boys and girls really benefit from programs that are aimed at the way that they learn rather than just uh, one size fits all. Science is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> if you agree, if you decide you're going to follow after it, otherwise you're just wrestling with it your whole life. <laughs> What are some what are some things that are important for boys to learn in order to become men of character and and be ready for the challenges that that life will bring to them? Oh man, isn't that a great question? And and, and if you know, you've got a seven year old, oh my gosh, you you are you are uh, you're, you're being a dad to a boy. I've got two sons, and being a dad to a boy, um, understanding these things has made all the difference in the world. Um, they're both on full scholarships at a four year four year college right now because we've been able to educate them in a way that that appealed to their senses and taught them how to think. And and so so these are important things that you're that you're talking about. One of them I would say is, and this is a distinguishing thing between boys and girls also, is risk and competition. You know, girls are often satisfied by praise. Now, I realize that I'm talking in generalities and that anyone listening will say, well, you don't know my daughter or you don't know my son. And it's true. You know, there, there are there are the extents, you know, there's the bell curve and there there are the boys and girls at either end. But for the most part, in fact, largely for the most part, girls are often satisfied by praise where boys are strongly motivated by uh, tangible experiences that, that relate to real life. Uh, there has to be something at stake. Uh, it, that's how that's how they're engaged. If they, if they understand that there's some sort of hierarchical sense, at the end of the day, they will have achieved something. They will have won something. So they don't really see any point in developing skills that that that, that don't result in some kind of a winner. You know, uh, competition with an element of risk is a motivator for boys. And it gives them the emotional lift to push through and be a quote unquote winner, which isn't a bad word. <laughs> but you have to realize that in our uh, everybody gets a trophy kind of environment, we force boys into areas where they can compete. Well, where can they compete? Well, video games. You know, you have levels, you have score, you win, you lose. It's really a clear hierarchical system. You know, you earn the next level, you earn the next thing, you get the next thing. If you work harder, if you focus, if you get more, if you get better at it, you you achieve higher levels. And that's where boys are succeeding. But what do we do? We criticize them for playing so many video games. But in the real world, they don't find that opportunity to success. Their, their, their desire to win is often seen as them being aggressive or toxic or overly masculine or something when all they're doing is just trying to win. They're trying to achieve. And so when we remove the risk factors and the competitive atmosphere from the learning spaces, we drive them to that video game world. And, uh, you know, the rough and tumble play that science proves this, that rough and tumble play that they do develops, helps to develop the frontal lobe. Um, competition, it's extremely important part of the world and allows them to challenge and measure themselves and one another. And it's through this competition that they find and extend their limits. 
You know, and so many times boys are settling for less and parents are settling for less from their boys and teachers are settling for less and less for boys. We're dumbing it down because it's like, you know what, they just won't be able to do this. Well, you know what, if you stick a trophy in front of it, they're going to do it. I mean, you've got a seven-year-old and, and you know, Andy, just picture him with his best friend and you're out somewhere, maybe at a restaurant or at a park or something like that. And it's hot and they're thirsty and about 100 feet away, there's a water fountain. And, and your son comes to you and says, Dad, can we go get a drink? Now, when you say yes, you're firing a starting pistol. You know, you know this about your son. He's running to that water fountain. He's not going to walk. It's now it's officially been declared a race between him and his friend in this park. That's the way that boys that, that boys do. Now, the girls, typically, they'll just kind of skip along and they'll just go together. And they'll get when they get to the water fountain, one will say, oh, you go first. No, you go first. That's just the way that they're constructed differently. It's not a it's not a social construct. Girls are, are, are built and designed in order to be to be nurturing. Uh, and, and men are designed to be to be competitive and to, and to take risks. What a wonderful blend for culture that you've got people uh, who are uh, that you have a culture that's made up of people who are willing to take risks and people who are willing to slow down and nurture and take the time because people are more important than things. You know, when boys get together and and Andy, you've probably seen this in, in, in the friends group that your, that your son has. There's three questions that they're asking and their social interactions. It's who's with me, who's in charge, and what's our mission? And if you can answer those three questions, uh, then, then boys boys can be successful. Now, when we fail, we fail when we don't adequately address these questions, when we don't let them know who's with them. We don't let them know who's in charge. We don't let them know the mission. You know what they'll do? You know what's, You know who's really more successful than church groups or social clubs or even uh, organizations like Trail Life, you know who's really successful at engaging boys is gangs. Now, why is that? Because they answer those questions easily. Who's with me? Who's in charge? What's our mission? And they do an excellent job of establishing that hierarchy and answering those three questions for young men. And we need to learn from that. We, we, we need to, and, and that's why in Trail Life, we put boys in patrols and they name their patrol and they, they select their leaders. And they put, so they have somebody who's with me. They know they wear a uniform. They wear the same uniform. They wear the same patch. They wear the same color, whatever it is that's identifying that troop. Who's in charge? They have leaders in that troop that's guiding them, making their decision. What's our mission? They're going to sit down together and they're going to plan the next five miles of the hike, or they're going to plan their, their, their uh, three-day whitewater rafting trip, or they're going to plan their, their, their trip to go, to go visit uh, a museum or something like that. So um, they're, they're doing those things constantly where they get to make this decision about who's with me, who's in charge, what's our mission. And that draws boys together and it makes them successful. It teaches them how to work with each other, teaches them how to yield to one another, it teaches them how to make decisions, it teaches them how to live in a social environment where sometimes they win and sometimes they lose, and a social environment where sometimes winning isn't all that important. Sometimes it's just good to be the guy who's cheering for for someone who did. So they're learning all these things in environments like Trail Life USA, but those 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 opportunities are fewer and fewer in our society. We're learning a lot about how boys develop and learn differently than girls. Today we're talking with Mark Hancock, he's CEO for Trail Life USA. We have more to learn in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking about how boys learn and develop differently than girls. We're learning more about Trail Life USA as well from Mark Hancock. He's CEO for Trail Life USA. Mark, before we went to the break, you were talking about, uh, you shared with us some great insights on the difference between boys and girls, and particularly how boys learn, how they develop. And boy, it was spot on when you were talking about the example of in the park with the drinking fountain and the son asks if he can uh, go to the drinking fountain to get a drink. And that's basically just saying, on your marks, get set, go. Uh, because that's exactly what he would do. He would run to it and it would be a competition if there were a friend there or even if a friend isn't there and it's just me with him, then he'll race me. Uh, that's that's just, that's spot on, exactly what I see in my son. I'd like to talk more about Trail Life USA, particularly um, how boys learn and, and grow in trail life, particularly in order to become men of character, something that uh, shared in your recent newsletter um, how becoming men of character uh, and what's important in becoming men of character and helping boys be ready for the challenges of life. Tell us about the, those, uh, what, what's important in becoming men of character. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. And, and, and something else about our, our society today, we don't see many opportunities given to boys to lead. And one of the best ways to, de- to develop both your character and your leadership uh, uh, skills and an adventure is in is is an organization like Trail Life USA. Now we use the Bible as as our source, but we're not an overly uh, religious organization. We talk about it like the carrot and the carrot cake. When you get a piece of carrot cake, you don't find big chunks of carrot in there, but there's going to be carrot throughout the whole cake in every bite. And that's how Christianity is, is is throughout our organization. So we point to an absolute truth. So the beginning thing in in developing character is you have to establish that this truth. Now, there's such thing as something to point to. See, if you don't believe there's truth, then what's the sense in pursuing character at all? Because character, what kind of character? What, is, what does character mean? Does character mean I'm really good? Well, if there's no good, if nobody's telling me what's good, if there's not an absolute what's good, then how can I be good? How can I pursue character if I don't know what the, the goal is? And if there is no absolute truth, then there is no goal. It's kind of every man for themselves. So the first thing we do is by set, setting this, this Christian worldview a foundation, we tell the boys things like there are things that are true. And boys need to know that. They will test every boundary that there is. There was an experiment done by, uh, by a school uh, a daycare center, and they had it. They had an outside playground, and the kids would play in the playground. They play on the swings, all the equipment, everything. They go out and they climb on the fence. Well, one day they took the fence down, and it opened into the field. Well, the kids clustered up by the building. They stayed near the equipment, but they wouldn't go out because they needed those boundaries. They needed to know that there was something that was restricting them. 
and they put the fence back up. And of course, everybody went back on. And then they're climbing the fences again. They're out there pressing the boundaries. But boys need to know that there's boundaries in order to press up against them. So the first thing we're doing is setting that Christian worldview uh, that, that there is such thing as absolute truth. So we can you can put a stake in the ground that says there is such thing as character. That character is a good thing. That this is what it looks like because we because we have a solid absolute truth to point to. And then the other thing in developing characters, you've got to be around other people. And because because our, our world is so divided right now, particularly in times of COVID, because we're so isolated, um, we don't get to the chance really to, to rub up against each other and discover how to interact with other people and to test these things about character, which would be things like patience and being truthful and being honest and being helpful, all those things that are part of interacting with other people. And so in our culture today, we remove, we're removing those opportunities, but in trail life, we're restoring them. So boys are going out into the outdoors, safest place in the world right now, and they're doing the hikes, they're doing the camping, they're doing the adventures, and they're interacting with one another, and they're learning how to get through difficult things. You know, another thing that's important about character is you've got to uh, encounter and overcome challenges. You know, we snowplow all the roads for our kids pretty much in our culture today. We do not let them uh, run in difficult times. We have the helicopter mom syndrome. We have all that going on that keeps boys from encountering challenge. Well, in the outdoors, they're constantly encountering challenge, and they're doing it in a group setting in a troop that's solving the problems. So if a boy forgets uh, he's irresponsible. He doesn't bring what he's supposed to be on the hiking trip. Maybe it's uh, an extra pair of socks that he keeps in a special place in his in his backpack. And he ends up stepping into a puddle during the day. And now his socks are wet. If he didn't bring his extra pair of socks in a dry area of, of his backpack, well, he learns something really quick. He learns, you know, I need to, I need to think about things. Uh, I need to slow down and think about things, make sure I have what I need before I go forward. Well, that's a great lesson to learn. That's a great life lesson. Slow down, make sure you have what you need before you move forward. So characters and develop is developed in these sorts of things. The same troop encounters this big rainstorm and they didn't set their train their tent right. They didn't put it on high ground or they, they set it in an in a, in a indentation in the ground. So they wake up in the morning and they're sleeping literally in a puddle in their tent. Well, you know, you should have followed the instructions. You're following instructions is a good thing. There are people who have gone before you to prepare the way who have thought about these things for you. Pay attention to what it is that they're saying. Well, isn't that a wonderful lesson in character building? To pay attention to people who have gone before you and set things in place so that you can learn something from them. You know, these are great opportunities for character be, to, to be developed uh, for boys, and they're, they're running into it constantly in the outdoors. My two sons right, right now, one just, uh, they're both in college. But one is is in Arkansas. Next week, he'll be in Virginia. The week after that, he'll be in Hawaii. And he, he travels all over as part of an internship that he's doing. My other son was in Texas yesterday, and now he's in Virginia today. And on his transfer flight last night in Charlotte, they canceled the last leg of his flight. Well, he had to figure that out. How do I get from Charlotte to Lynchburg? And he figured it out because we put him in situations before where you encounter difficulty and you don't panic. You don't get you don't sit down in the corner and cry and wait for mom to show up. You figure it out. And, and you learn those sorts of things through running into challenges, uh, through running into difficulties and, uh, and, and practicing and learning yourself. Hey, I can solve things. I can fix things. I can make things right. I don't need somebody to come bail me out. I can actually change uh, my future or my present by applying myself and, and using the lessons that I've learned. The points made in the article that I found found really helpful are, are the three concepts: know that they are loved, 
that they're capable and they're responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I hear that in the the very examples that that you're sharing right now as well. Why is it important for for boys to experience these or to to know these three concepts? Know that they're loved, know that they're capable, and know that they're responsible. Well, there's been a lot of research on on what makes for successful uh, boys in in culture as they interact with culture, and one of them is there has to be that sense of community, <clears throat> and that's where love comes from. You know, in order to be in a community where you feel cared for, that somebody acknowledges you, that somebody recognizes who you are, that somebody draws close to you, that somebody sees the good in you, that somebody uh, believes in you, those are valuable in, in culture. And they're particularly uh, you know, valuable in, in, in boys. And, and the, the issue around responsibility, yeah, you know, it's important in our society to have men and women that are responsible for their own behavior. That's what keeps us from having to create rule upon rule upon law upon law upon law upon law because people are responsible for their own behavior. And we teach them that through Trail Life USA. Like I said, if you didn't pack your socks right and you don't have a pair of dry socks to wear your second day to hike, you're going to end up with blisters. And you get to point back to the fact that, you know, I should have paid attention. I should have slowed down and did what I was supposed to do. That's a great lesson of responsibility uh, for, 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 for anybody uh, to learn. And so all of those things are valuable when raising a family, when going to work, when going to work for somebody who has expectations that you're going to show up. And if you forgot all your stuff at home, they're not going to here, hop in my car. Let me go get it for you, Jimmy. No, you're on your own at that point. The reality of, 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 of the world will, will teach us in later years. But isn't it wonderful when boys learn when they're younger? Because there's so many young men who are giving up. You know, the, the picture of the, the young man who's living in the basement, whatever. We now have living at home more uh, men in their 20s than ever in the history when that's been, me- been measured. More single men in their 20s living at home than ever since it's, since it's been measured, both in terms of total numbers and in terms of the percentage of the population. Because boys are encountering difficulty when they get out of high school or they get out of college for the first time, their difficulty, and they run home instead of understanding uh, how to be responsible, uh, that, that, that they're loved. When you're, it's amazing what you can do when you, when you know that you're loved. You can take chances. You, you can push yourself out there because you know you've got something to come back to. So when we take these things away from boys, uh, they're failing uh, all over the place. Higher suicide rate than girls, higher failure rate than boy, the girls, higher drug abuse, higher crime, and it's, and it's soaring uh, for boys because we're not giving them opportunities to learn about responsibility. Mark, can you share with us how we can learn more about uh, Trail Life USA and find out if there's a troop in our area or what to do if there isn't a troop in our area, but we want our boys to have an opportunity like Trail Life USA? Ah, Great question. TrailLifeUSA.com. TrailLifeUSA.com. Two L's in the middle. There's a Get Connected tab, and it shows you both Find a Troop, and it's an interactive map of the United States. You can put in your zip code. It will show you all the troops in your area based on how far you're willing to drive, and then you can connect with that troop, and you get an invitation to attend. Uh, Also on that tab, if there's not a troop nearby, there's a tab for Start a Troop, and uh, our troops are chartered uh, through local churches all across the country. We have over uh, 850 troops in all 50 states, about 30,000 trailmen active right now. And uh, so if there's not a troop in your area, it takes five adults and a church uh, in order to get a troop up and running. Very good. Mark Hancock, CEO for Trail Life USA. Thanks so much for the insights. I've learned a lot today. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Well, I wish you the best with your son. You've got a, you've got a great journey ahead of you. 
And I just want, want to encourage you that, uh, that whatever, whatever you're pouring into him, it's, it's worth it. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.